Hey, everybody. Welcome to season two of Mindful Morning. I'm Ashley Walkney. I'm a coach, a counseling grad student, a wife, a daughter. And on this season of the podcast, I want to talk about two things that might seem in conflict peace and productivity. You see, as human beings, there's that deeply human part of ourselves, the part that wants to be productive. It informs the kind of partner or parent you are, what you bring to your work, whether you stick with your goals. It's the action. And then there's that being part, a rarely inhabited but deeply real space inside our own skin, a wiser part of ourselves that perhaps can inform the kind of action we take on a human level. So what I want to argue and what I want to explore is that it's not one or the other. That to live a fulfilling, purpose-centered life requires connection to both, the human and the being parts, peace and productivity. But how do we do it? That's the challenge for us all. And that is what the season is all about. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode. I hope you had a good weekend. I hope you're excited to be back like I am for this next question of the week and that these questions have hopefully been useful for you as you've taken them back into your life and found out for yourself, how is that showing up for me and what do I do in particular? Because what we're really doing here together is trying to expand our ability to live beyond the barriers we create for ourselves in life. And what I'm getting at is that there are two sides of ourselves that have to work together to make that happen. The peaceful and productive sides. We have to approach this as a whole human being. Because, and you can probably see it, when you're just operating on that human productive level, which is all about doing and problem solving, getting things done, the daily routine, and you're doing that without the ability to step outside the minutiae of life and be present to be the perspective, if you're caught up in it without any awareness, then you do it often at the expense of your own peace and maybe even your own productivity if the kind of doing that you're doing isn't really working for where you want to go. So the human productive side without the being part is probably not going to feel too fulfilling. Equally, it also means that you can't simply live in the being side of life either, avoiding human challenges, turning things like meditation or mindfulness into strategies to kind of feel how you want to feel and avoid how you don't want to feel. The being side without the doingness doesn't offer peace or productivity either. It waits for life circumstances to feel a particular way before taking action, which keeps us stuck in an illusion and we keep waiting. So fulfillment, living life as who you truly are, doing what matters to you with the time that you have, what I'm getting at is it really requires us to approach life as a whole human being to use both parts of ourselves flexibly, sometimes simultaneously, based on the situation we're in and the barriers that are coming up. And one of the biggest barriers 
is often ourselves, right? We create the biggest barriers. We are the biggest obstacles in our own lives most of the time, a lot of the time. So that's why we focus on it so much. When I say we, you know, this is something we all do. This is universal to human beings. Me, you, everybody, we all do this because we all have a mind. So the mind shapes our perspective and therefore it influences what we do when we're not aware of it. And when I talk about the mind, I'm not talking about it in a metaphor kind of sense. I'm talking about it literally. What is the mind? It's the part of yourself that relates things to each other through language of thought. So for example, I wish I felt more confident is a thought that relates how I feel about my confidence to how I wish I felt. My life is a bunch of stress. It's one thing after another without a break is a thought that compares how I feel about my life situation to how I think life should feel. So this process that happens is the mind. Every thought we ever have, and not all of them are even bad, but every thought is simply a relationship between things being poured together through language that then produces meaning. So here's what happens. Even when I say to you, we're here to expand our ability to live beyond the barriers that we create for ourselves in life, to the mind, it assumes I'm offering you something that's going to give you a better tomorrow than you have today. That's the language of thinking. It has to relate to things together. It's normally about past or future. So even though I don't hold a promise, I offer you nothing. I'm just simply reminding you of this ability that you have to step outside of being the thinker to this other part of yourself when the mind starts to send you down a habitual or dead-end path, even though that's all I'm doing is reminding you of this power that you already have, the mind will turn it into something else because language is relational, a marker it can compare you to. How am I succeeding in this today? This is how the mind turns on us and keeps us stuck, holds us back, brings us down. So let's recap on what we know so far. We have a mind. It has thoughts. We can't stop them. Thoughts happen. Because all thoughts are, are the relationship between our experience to what's happening now and whatever the mind relates that now to, either the past, future, an opinion, a judgment, that relationship equals a thought. So that's happening 24 hours a day. So we're basically swimming in our thoughts. What water is to a fish, thoughts are to us. We're so immersed in them. It's hard to even identify sometimes what we're specifically thinking. And just like that fish can't live without water, we can't live without thoughts. Without that ability to think, we can't do anything. So we can't get rid of this. It's more like, what if the fish could become aware of the water? and pop their head up above it at times when it needed to, to come up for air. Wouldn't that be great? Thoughts have a current to them. When we're caught up in that current, we get swept away. We feel like we're drowning. We're caught in an undertow. Because thoughts are our water, you probably know when you're caught in an undertow through a feeling right? Stress, irritability, an urge, anxiety, fear, sadness, anger. A feeling happens. The water isn't calm or peaceful anymore, and that's how we know. 
So that leads to the question for the week. When am I caught in the undertow? When does this happen? You'll know it from a feeling. We often respond to this by getting caught in an emotional undertow the way we naturally respond if we got caught in a real undertow and didn't know what to do. If you didn't know, your natural reaction would be to fight the current and swim back to shore. And statistically, you'd be a lot more likely to drown in that situation if you fought the undertow in that way. What you actually have to do is go with the current, swim parallel to the shore. Most riptides are only like 50 to 100 feet wide, so it's not really too far until you can escape its pull, but you have to drift your way out. But if you didn't know that, and you panic, you're more likely to be pulled under. This is what happens to us. In the same way, a feeling shows up. We're caught in the undertow. It's a powerful current. And we try to fight the experience we're having to swim to a better place, a more peaceful, stable place. And it's like, when we do that, we get pulled under by that powerful current. We get pulled under by our thoughts and feelings. So we're swimming in them. We're totally caught up in them, immersed in them. They're like a reality to us. From that place, you have no choice, right? The only way to get out of that, it seems in that moment, is to change your thinking so you can change your life. You have to will your thoughts and emotions to change because you're so consumed by them. You feel like you are them. Except we don't control thoughts or feelings, memories, urges, and sensations, our inner experience. We don't control that stuff. So we become at the mercy of it. Right? That's what we've been talking about over the last few episodes. It seems like we have some control, but it's really a short-term solution that often has a long-term consequence to it. So this is where we have to shift from using the mind, which automatically says, you know, how did I get here and how do I get out? It wants to control what's happening at any cost. This is when we have to shift from that part of ourselves to the level of being. It's similar to what you might do in an actual undertow to open up, to feel what we're feeling, be with what's happening internally, ride out that current while we take action. So let's clarify what I mean by experience, to be willing to experience what is. Our actual experience is lived through our senses. What we see, hear, smell, taste, feel, both outside our body and inside our body, our real present moment experience is lived through our senses. The mind comes in and relates that experience to something, which makes it far more painful than it actually is most of the time. It gives us all kinds of reasons why we're feeling this way and why we shouldn't be. And it gives us all sorts of solutions for finding our way out. But being with our experience and feeling what's there to be felt is never going to seem like a good idea from the perspective of the mind. But what does it give us when we make the choice to do it? When there's space between us and thought, when we are emotionally open we can slow down the current enough that we aren't pulled under by it. We find that thoughts and emotions don't really have any power in them. They're intense, but they're nothing more than a sensation that the mind comes in and puts meaning on top of. And they drift in and out. Sometimes it feels positive. Sometimes it feels very negative. But when you pop the illusion 
then it's no longer a problem. Then it's no longer something that has to be abided by, changed, or avoided. That they have any say at all over the action you decide to take in your life. To see your thoughts and to be open emotionally to what is, is like bringing our head up above the water, coming up for air as we ride out the undertow. And all we have to do is watch thinking happen with distance and allow ourselves to be emotionally open to what is as we do what matters, even if that doing is going to stir up some pretty rough waves. So we're going to practice this now because this is something we can all do whenever we notice that we're caught up in an undertow. And because, you know, we may not be caught in an emotional undertow right now at the moment, you may not be there. I'm going to actually try and create this for you slightly right now. So I hope you'll play along with me if you are physically able to. It's going to require you to stand up. So go ahead and do that. Put your feet shoulder width apart, your back straight, tighten your core. And just sink down carefully into a squatting position. So your knees are bent, your knees are over your toes. Go as far as seems right for you personally. Know your own limits. We'll be in this squat for a little over two minutes. So take a deep breath. And take a deep breath out. Release all the air on that out breath. Take another deep breath in. Keep breathing in and out and start to pay attention to the sensations in your body as you do this. Whatever those sensations are, wherever they are, however they are, just notice them and let them be. You'll notice thoughts about the sensations you're having and probably about this exercise. This is the mind. It'll probably offer suggestions, opinions, judgments. This is what minds do. Can you just notice it? Let it say whatever it wants. Can you say thanks, mind? And just keep turning your attention back to the sensations you feel in your body. Again and again, your mind will comment on those sensations. Just keep breathing. On every exhale, just open yourself up a little more. Make a little more space for those sensations that you feel. As you're breathing and allowing your thoughts to unfold, see if you can notice your thoughts and sensations with curiosity, as if you've never had these thoughts or sensations before, and you're really fascinated by it. Allow yourself to have them just as they are with openness and curiosity. Continue to willingly grant yourself permission to be with what is as it shifts, changes, intensifies, whatever it does. So we're nearly at two and a half minutes. 
You can stop or you can continue if you want. Whatever you choose, just notice your thoughts and sensations in response to your choice. Okay, and whichever choice you've made, go ahead and relax. So this is what it's like to be open and expansive, riding with the waves of thoughts and emotions. It's the opposite of trying to control, change, ignore our thoughts or feelings. It's simple, but it's not easy. You probably noticed your mind saying all sorts of things. That's normal. This kind of willingness to be with what is, is something you can do that your mind can't. The mind is a problem solver. It probably didn't like sitting in a squatting position for two and a half minutes. So this can only be done through the being side. It's a choice you make in the way you relate to your experience. If you want to take this exercise into your own life, you can apply it whenever you're caught up in an emotional undertow by doing these three things that we kind of did simultaneously. The first is observe. You observe thoughts and feelings through your senses. How do they look, feel, taste, smell, or sound? You breathe. Breathe in and around the feeling and the thought. Expand your sense of space around it. Make room for it to be however it is. And the third part is to allow. As you observe it, just let it be where it is, how it is, the way it is for as long as it is. This is a choice. We do this all the time in life. When we have to do something we don't really want to do, or when we really want to do something that we stop ourselves from doing, right? we're able to choose to do something that's different to how we think or feel about it. And that's what we're doing here. A really important point I want to make is that we're not trying to change our enjoyment or motivation. We're not trying to convince ourselves that squatting is fun, right? We're giving up that need for it to be a particular way. We're changing what we do in response to the riptide of thoughts or emotions when they show up. And given that that is not an easy choice to make, you're going to need to know why it's a choice worth making. The only reason you would make it is because it aligns with your value direction. It helps you stay consistent on things that are important to you. It helps you respond rather than react in ways that are more aligned with how you want to be. These things are our value direction. And so the value direction is what we're going to start talking about next week. But for this week, I just suggest that you take what you've learned from the exercise and practice those three steps, observe, breathe, and allow Whenever you notice you've been caught in an emotional undertow, even if it's a small one. Okay, I hope you all have a good week, and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for listening. Uh, if you got something from this episode, could you just do me a favor and leave some comment or at least hit that ratings button and give me some stars? I would really appreciate it. And if you'd like to hear more from me or you're interested in learning about coaching, you can head on over to ashleywalkneen.com, subscribe to my newsletter, and I'll tell you all about it. See you next time.